Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett. Morning, everybody. So, um, first of all, I would like to say thank you for coming up and saying what you said, because I'm going to ask a question. Uh, first of all, and again, apologies, I've got new glasses, so... I can see my Bible, but I can't see you, and it's really annoying me. So I'm going to be messing about a little bit. Um, So how many of you in the room uh, who know the Lord, who love the Lord, who said yes to Jesus, was the only one in that moment of time, in the room you, you were in, was the only one who got saved? How many of you was on your own when you got saved? There's a lot of you in here, isn't there? Because he cares for the individual. It's not about the bulk. It's about the person. It's about the individuals that make up the bulk. Does that make sense? So therefore, every single person in this room on an individual, personal basis matters to God. That's every single one of you in here right now. And that's me. I was the only one who got saved. One Sunday, when I was 14 years old, I responded to an altar call at a church and I got saved and I was the only one who went up. God cared enough to touch my life and pull me towards him. And that's what he's done for so many of us in this room. Now, uh, how many of you have had perfect lives since getting saved? How many of you has had an easy journey since getting saved? How many of you have had no difficulties or experienced no loss or experienced no sickness? What's heaven like? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there loss in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? Is there depression in heaven? No. Are there lots of individuals in heaven who matter to the Lord? Heaven is going to be amazing. But who knew as well that because of the blood of Jesus, that everything that's available in heaven is available to us today? Who knows that? There's not enough hands raising. Not enough of you are believing that. Does my face always look happy on a Sunday morning? No, sorry. (laughs) But the joy of the Lord is my strength. (laughs) And the joy is not the same as temporary happiness. Did you know that as well? So this is where it's going to be a little bit messing about because I can't see what I've written. Okay. Okay, so you don't... Some of the scriptures we will turn to, other ones, just let me read to you, okay? So I'm going to read from Ephesians 5, 25, the second part of. So just to explain that this passage is about the relationship between wives and husbands. That is not specifically what God has laid on my heart today, but there is some, there's a real gem right in the middle of it that I need to share with all of you, Um.
So it says, just as Christ also loved the church. So this was in relation to how husbands should love their wives. But it's from this bit. It said, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. We are the body of Christ. We are the church and he is preparing us. Does anyone know what he's preparing us for? It's not a trick question. He's preparing us for eternity. That we will be changed from one degree of glory to another. He's preparing us for heaven, for our final destination. Oh, is this morbid? Final destination. You know, either one of two things is going to happen in your lifetime. Either you're going to die on this earth, as many people do die. Or Jesus is going to return in your lifetime. Uh, I know there's lots of uh, thoughts around this. But look at the world we're in right now. I believe Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for his bride. Now I could be wrong because... Why could I be wrong? Because we don't actually know the day, the time, the hour. But I think he's coming back before I die. Seriously. And that's how we should live. We should be expectant. Even if we've got it wrong, we should be expectantly waiting for the return of our Lord. What does expectant waiting look like? Is that just mulling through life, getting on with the mundane, just, you know, doing your own thing? Is it sitting back passively waiting? No, it's not sitting back passively waiting. It's being engaged because you are betrothed. Now, of course, when you look at historically, like Mary and Joseph, when they were betrothed, they hadn't got married, but it was legally binding. And our betrothal is legally binding. Did you know that? Because he, he made a covenant with you the day you said yes to him. The day you said, yes, I want you to be the Lord and saviour of my life. He made a covenant with you. And there's two sides to a covenant in marriage, isn't there? Two people have to say yes. Two people have to agree. That's you and him. It's serious before God. I know in the world that we live in, divorce is high. Relationships don't always last. People are complicated. Jesus isn't complicated. He's very, he's very clear. He's very clear about his love for you about his passion for you, his commitment for you. He is faithful and true and he stays the same. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he has made a binding covenant with you. He will not let you down. He will not disappoint you. He will not give up on you. He will not walk away from you. He will not betray you. Now we as people can be quite fickle, but this is not how we're called to live in Christ Jesus. God's heart is that every single one of us would not just be reconciled to him, but we would walk in that reconciliation every single day of our lives. 
that it isn't just a case of I'm going to live my life and uh, when it's time for me to die, just before I die, I'm going to make sure that I'm right with God because I don't want to miss out on heaven. It doesn't work like that. Nobody knows when. You cannot predict the number of days on your earth, on this earth. You can't predict it. You can't time it. You can't say, when I'm 70, I'm going to die. When I'm 80, I'm going to die. When I'm 90, I'm going to die. I mean, sometimes on rare occasions, the Lord does disclose to people and he gives them that little word of knowledge. Actually, this is your lifespan. That does happen. But as a general rule, does this happen? No, we don't know. Life is unpredictable. This world is unpredictable. But God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the one consistent, faithful one in our lives. So I'm going to... And also the other reason I'm not getting you to look up scriptures is because I'm using different versions. Just for fun. So... Ephesians 4, 21, I'm going to read from. I know that you heard about him. Now, every single person in this room has heard about Jesus, otherwise you wouldn't be here. And you are in him. If you said yes to him, you are in him and he is in you. And so you were taught the truth. How many of you know that from the word of God, at some point in your life, you've been taught the truth about Jesus? the truth about his word. Yes, the truth is in Jesus. And you were taught the truth. You were taught to leave your old self. This is what you were taught to do. You were taught to leave your old self. The old self does not belong in the kingdom of God. The old self is not eternal. You were taught to leave it and stop living the way you lived before. Because that old self becomes worse and worse. And people are fooled by the evil things that they do. So that's a bit heavy, that little bit. Because that's presuming that there's an awful lot of sin in the room. But you have to understand what sin is. Is sin just an action? No. Sin is a thought. Sin is an intention. Sin is an attitude. And it can be an action. Sin is... I don't believe you, Lord. I don't believe you can help me with this. I don't believe what your word says. Sin is doubt. Sin is unbelief. Sin is that sinking feeling when you feel lost and your eyes have chosen to wander from the Lord. Again, it sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? Because as Christians, we like to be all positive and lovey-dovey. Sorry, but we do. We do. We like all that nice, warm, cosy feeling. But sometimes we have to have a really clear picture of what life is like so that we can actually recognise the schemes of the enemy. Because the enemy, what does he want to do? What does he do? He roams around the earth looking for someone to devour. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. Why does he come to do that? Because he doesn't want you to walk in freedom. He wants you to be deceived. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to be downcast because do you know what? When you're downcast, you can't function for the Lord. You can't live for Christ. 
You can't do the things that you were called to do in him. Every single one of you has a call and a purpose on your life. Are you walking in it? Have you been faithful with what God has already given you? Have you been obedient to him? There is no condemnation. This is a life challenge. Because I'm not always consistent. I'm not always obedient. I'm not always faithful. But thank you. But Jesus, so merciful, so consistent, never gives up on me. Never gives up on me. Never gives up on you. Okay. Now I'm going to read Proverbs 4. Sorry, bear with me. Okay. So this one, I didn't tell you the last one was from the International Children's Bible. It's my secret favourite. This is just from the NIV. (laughs) Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet. It's choices. Moment by moment, day by day. What does he ask us, to, ask us to do, all of us? Take up our cross and follow him. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Evil is anything that's not of God. Evil is anything that is resistant to God's will for your life. Evil is anything that means that you're not walking with the Lord in that moment. Because anything that's not of God is not good. Do not turn to the right or left. So what else can this look like? Distractions and cares of the world, challenges and difficulties that are thrown at us. All sorts of things that come to try and almost hinder the life that we want to live for the Lord. And you know what? Because of all these things that are thrown at us in life, all these challenges, sometimes what the enemy loves most of all is not just our inactivity, not just our, oh, woe is me, but actually that we pull away from the Lord. That's what the enemy wants. He doesn't want us walking with Jesus. So we need to do the opposite. We need to resist the devil. But you know what comes before that line of scripture? Is submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God. All of us. Surrender. Submit. Lord, your will, not mine. Lord, your word, not mine. Your way, not my way. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. We know that every weapon formed against us will not prosper. Is that a truth that you've heard? But there is some uh, requirements on our behalf, isn't there? It doesn't just come, that's an automatic. But you're like, where's the faith in that then? It's automatic. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Yeah, but I still have to submit to God first. I still have to walk in the Holy Spirit 
and follow the Lord. I still have to take up my cross daily and follow him. There's all these things that we do need to do. Is this about us getting into heaven, what we're talking about? No. If you believe on the Lord and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. If you are 100%, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. You are my God. I've said yes to you. Salvation and working out your salvation day by day is not the same thing because we know that by grace, we have been saved through faith. But God didn't just want to save us as a, here's your ticket into heaven. He wanted to restore us, to heal us, to make us whole. He wanted us to live in the victory. He did so much more than just a ticket into heaven. So much more was accomplished on the cross just for every single person in this room. Not one of you is excluded. Okay, Galatians. Just Galatians 5 and verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves. Whose responsibility is this? Is it automatic? You do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He hasn't gone on that cross and sacrificed and carried all that sin and all that rubbish so that we would be bound and in chains. He has done it so that we would be free, completely free. Um. And also, do you know in the parable of the sower, um, there's one line that talks about the cares of the world. It's distraction. It's worry. What does it do? It chokes God's words. When we allow worry and stress and concern about everything going on around us, it chokes God's words. And when the word of God is choked in your life, your faith drops. It's by hearing the word of God, hearing, not just hearing, hearing right in your spirit, receiving, hearing that word of God, that life breathed, God breathed word of God and receiving it. That brings freedom, that brings life. So the Lord always gives me a song in a season. So I, I, I've learned over the years, this is, you know, we're all different. We, we've all been made. We're all uniquely made, you know. We're all very different. And um, even when I was growing up and I wasn't saved, I, I was aware of God. Some of you know some of my testimony from back then. I was aware of God, but I wasn't a Christian. But I was always a singer. Um, I'm not saying I've been consistently a very good singer, but it didn't matter. I love to sing. And when no one was in the house, I would sing. I would go around prancing around the kitchen, singing songs from the sound of music. Um, 
No one was in. Just, just to, like, I wouldn't have performed singing around and dancing. I don't do dancing. But I would dance in private and sing around and have fun singing. So it was, singing's always been natural for me. It's just the way I'm made. And I've never understood that some people don't really like music. So it's always been a bit alien to me, that type of thinking. But um, as the years has gone by, and uh, obviously naturally loving singing, when I got saved... It was only natural that, that that random singing would turn into worship because I'm a singer. So now I sing for Jesus. Whether it comes out good or bad is irrelevant. If I put you off, apologies, because I know sometimes I hit it lovely and sometimes it's like, what was that? It doesn't matter because it's a sweet swelling, smelling aroma to my Lord. It doesn't matter. He loves my worship. He loves my genuine worship and he loves your worship. Um, so it was quite astounding to me that sometimes over the, well, over the years, I've come across the odd person that is genuinely saved. They genuinely believe, they love the word. But singing is not an easy thing for them. Like they can pray. I mean, they need to be able to sing because it's biblical to sing. In heaven, you're going to be singing. But at the same time, there was God showed me, actually, you need to recognise where everybody's at, that we're all different and that, there are many different ways to worship. We still need to worship. That's not a, I don't have to sing ever. No, 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 no. If anything, if you're one of those that really is not that keen on music, that's okay. Because therefore, when you sing, that's your sacrifice of praise. So it actually, God loves it even more because it's not natural for you. It's something that you choose to do because you love the Lord. So anyway, I have songs in seasons and we sung um, I Speak Jesus. And about 18 months ago, um, I went through a really uh, difficult patch, which we're not going to talk about today. But that was my song of the season. Amazing. Because you really speak life with that song, don't you? And it really, really carried me. And I, because this comes naturally to me, the singing thing, I was like, yes, Lord, thank you. You, you give me a song to sing. He always gives me a song to sing, which is pretty um, amazing. Because uh, what singing does, did you, oh, you know, the Lord sings over you, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So singing is actually powerful when it's applied with faith. It can be used as worship, as part of intercession. Sometimes for me, when I'm worshipping the Lord, I find it easier to then spring into intercession. Intercession doesn't always come easy because I'm like, I don't know what to pray. And I know when you don't know what to pray, you know, pray in the spirit. You can pray. You can do that. And that's great. And I can do that too. But I don't know what it is with worship, it, actual worship, is it just tunes me into the Lord really easily. It's just like, a, like an open heaven. And I find it really easy then to move into praying for others. And, you know, it just flows. Um, and I thank the Lord for that. So I want to give you a testimony, but not that other one with I Speak Jesus. I just wanted to refer to that because that song is amazing. And I think you should use it. Um, so in August, I, I was in a really good place with the Lord. Um, my small group was going well. Uh, I'm, I'm working in ICU um, as a nurse and that was going really well. And then I was beginning to feel a little bit, oh, a bit weary, but I was okay. I was good. I was in a really like positive place and full of faith, quite excited about the things of God. Um, and then me and my husband went on holiday, had a great holiday. Um, 
and then on, on the way back, um, I received a message from work. So um, in the months leading up to that, I had been praying about my job and really praying, Lord, if it's right for me to stay in intensive care, this is what I want. I want to do the, you have to do a special course. I want to do the intensive care course and I want to start in September. And there's a choice of two universities and I don't want that one. I want that one. Only two spaces. And there's a lot of us waiting waiting to get on a course so initially I was told you're not going to get on a course it's likely to be Kingston I wanted Brighton um, and it's likely to be like next year um, so I just gave it to the Lord and left it with him and like you know not my choice Lord but this is what I'm asking I'm asking this is what I want I give it to you but your will um, so on the way home from um, our holiday uh once we landed and turned my phone back on, I had a message from work saying, um, an opportunity looks like it's coming up. Don't get your hopes up. But there's a possibility that you might be able to do it next week, start next week. Like, oh, my life. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, Lord, that's mine. I'm claiming that. Thank you. This is amazing. It's a miracle. Um, so within the two-week time frame of getting back, I'd signed up to it. I'd started... Um, and it was it was fan, fantastic to start the course, and I'm really excited about it. Um, it's really 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 hard work, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, it was like thank you Jesus. And then during those following two weeks, um, my energy levels begin to start dipping. I I just thought I'm, I've taken on a lot. I'm just I'm just tired. I found it harder to walk up the stairs to get to work. I just remember looking back that that I'd walk up the stairs and I struggled to breathe. I would walk up the stairs and I, I would struggle to function for a while. I have to sit down because um, because our ICU's on the first floor, so I'd have to go up the stairs. I'm I'm an early bird, which is fine because I can have a bit of recovery time, have a coffee. Um, but I just was a, looking back, I'm aware that I was really struggling just to walk up a flight of stairs. Um, and anyway, so a few days later, I, I went to work. My energy was okay in the morning, but I felt a bit jittery. And then um, within a few hours of being at work, my energy disappeared. Like out of nowhere, it was gone. And I didn't feel well. And I just pu pushed through and it was torture. A few days later, I came to church. I was serving on the Connect team and I could feel that I was trying to ignore this actual energy depletion that had disappeared. I was ignoring it. I was pushing through and then I felt really dizzy um, and I had to sit down and a couple of people prayed for me. Thank you. you even, do you know what? I want to say something about prayer. Even if you pray for someone and they don't get healed in the moment, it does not mean God is not working. So I just want to encourage you, okay? It doesn't mean I don't see the healing immediately. I don't see the healing straight away. I shouldn't bother. Oh no, you bother because you're sowing. If nothing else, you are sowing and you, you sow with faith and you believe that God will. And God has because it's already been on the cross. Um. So anyway, over the next couple of days, I was really, I was really ill at home. I couldn't function. It got to the point I couldn't communicate. Um, I couldn't, my, my thoughts, it wasn't just process. It was like there was, it was blank. I, it was too much effort to respond, to speak. Um, I barely moved. 
And it was not a normal tiredness. Something was really, felt really wrong, really wrong. And um, being a nurse, I tried to do self-assessments on myself. Um, so I was checking my like, heart rate. I've got a little blood pressure machine. I was checking that. And um, my heart rate and blood pressure were a little bit all over the place. And sometimes they were really low. And I was like, this isn't good. Um, Gary's at work. I need to walk the dog. And that's no good because I have to force myself to move because I have zero energy. It was literally like pushing like I've never pushed before. Um, and I'd be like, I don't want to walk in the woods because what if I collapse or what if I die? I mean, I know not everyone loves animals, but I love my dog. He's a gift from heaven to me. Jesus gave me Pip. I don't care what anyone says. He's, he's, my, uh, he's my therapy dog. He loves me and I love him. Perfect. In fact, he loves everybody. But um, I was like, what if something happens to my dog and I'm not found? So I'd only walk close to home. I wouldn't go far, but I'd, I'd choose the route where there was the most people. So if something happened, I wouldn't be left there. And then it's too late. And then he's gone and I'm dead. I'm, I literally, it was that dramatic, the thoughts processes when they were there, when I could think. Because the energy was like, when there was a slight raise in energy, I could think a little bit. I could speak a little bit. When it slumped, I could do nothing. And it was absolute torture. The next day, I did go to hospital. Um, and I had lots of tests and they thought I had a, a clot on my lung. They thought it was that, but it was more than that because a clot on my lung, that, yeah, that would account for feeling short of breath and a bit of chest pain. But all these other symptoms, it just didn't add up. And before I knew it, it, it rolled into from days into weeks of this torturous cycle. I was off sick. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't even really drive. It was like driving should be avoided what if this is, you know, I'm, I can't concentrate. What if I run someone over or crash the car? And I certainly couldn't go to work because I wouldn't have got through the day and I would have put my patients at risk. And it was horrid. And I remember one day I was sitting on the sofa and all of a sudden the little energy came back slightly and I started to cry. And Gary was like, it's going to be okay, don't cry. And I was like, I need to cry. I need to let it out. Leave me alone. <laughs> And I just sobbed and I was like, Lord, I do not know what you're saying in this. I do not know what's going on. I do not know why I am so sick. I do not have any answers. I've been like contacting the GP every week and they were doing lots and lots of different tests. And I was like, Lord, I'm so lost. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where suddenly you're in that moment and you just feel lost. I feel so lost and right now I'm overwhelmed by this feeling of being lost. And I don't know what to do because I don't know what you're saying. And then the Lord reminded me, when you don't know what to do, do what you do know to do. So when you're lost and you don't know what to do, what do you do? What do I know? What do I know? What's in here? So much. So much. So I'm just going to read a couple of the so muches. One Thessalonians chapter five and verse eighteen. Oh actually sixteen. Rejoice always. 
pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. If nothing else, I need to give thanks in all circumstances. So I was, I, when I could, I was, thank you, Jesus. And I'd thank him for like random stuff. I'd thank him for him, etc. cetera. I, I, I couldn't thank him at that point about the situation I was in because I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know what he was saying about that. But I did know that I needed to thank him. I needed to give thanks. I needed to come to him because it's his will for my life. Give thanks in all circumstances. Was I elated doing it? No. Did suddenly I have lots of energy doing it? No, I didn't. Was I well doing it? No. But I gave thanks. And there was a lot of worry at that time as well. Because, um, I mean, I'm human. I was worried about my job. I'm like, these, these days that have turned into weeks, I'm going to end up losing my job. I'm going to be kicked off the course. So in a moment of having a bit of energy, I would try and study, even if it meant... Oh, YouTube is dreadful and it's great. I could literally Google specific things and just passive learning, watching videos about the topic because I didn't have energy to do proper studying. But I thought, I'm not going to fall behind. He's not told me to give up my course. He's not told me that my course is wrong. So unless he does that and I've just gone on the wrong path, I'm going to keep going unless the Lord says, no, come off. So I didn't want to fall too far behind. So I did try to study. Um, Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. This is something else he tells us to do. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. At different points in our lives, we all have a request that needs to come to the Lord. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. So with all the investigations that were going on and contacting with the GP, it got to a point, I'd been in bed asleep, so I was really groggy and not really very responsive, but the GP called me and was having a catch-up conversation. And um, I'm not going to tell you what he spoke over me because it's irrelevant. Um, and it's not his fault. I, you know, I am not anti the medical profession because what a hypocrite I would be saying I want to be an ICU nurse. What am I doing in there if, if I think the medical profession is from the enemy? No, it's not. The enemy does try to use whatever opportunity he has to come against the kingdom of God. Of course he does. Um, but the GP is not my enemy. He's doing his job. A diagnosis... I know we can get a bit superstitious about diagnosis. Um, a diagnosis is not necessarily something that someone is putting over you like a curse, okay? That's a superstitious attitude to have. Do we need to be wise? Yes, of course we do. And cautious? Yes, of course we do. And not just say yes and receive everything anyone speaks over us, no matter who they are. But with everything, there needs to be discernment Godly wisdom, take it to the Lord. What does God say? In everything for me is what is God saying in this situation? Still hadn't really heard him, had begun to hear him. Um, but the thing about what the GP was suggesting, it was like a working diagnosis. It wasn't a formal diagnosis at this point. Um, 
the prognosis of it looked really horrible. And I did a bit of research over the next day or so. And I was like, this is awful, Lord. What am I going to do about my job? Because there's no way I can go back to work. There's no way I can sustain that job. I can't do it. So I looked at, I was looking at other opportunities. I was doing a bit of research and, and seeing what else I could do because there's bills to be paid. Like, if I lose my job, we lose our home. Simple as that. I'm like, what on earth am I going to do? And then I found something that looked really good, still looks like really good um, opportunity that I'd use my nursing skills in, but I can actually work from home. So um, I was like, okay, well, I've got a, I've got a backup plan. I'm okay, I've got a backup plan. That's what I'll have to do. Um, and then out the blue, I heard the Lord and he said to me, what do you want? And I was like, well, this looks really good and really sensible. But I want to be an ICU nurse. It's where you've put me. I know you put me in that job. That's another testimony about that I speak Jesus. Another story, another day. But um, he put me in that specific place. So I want it. So I want to be successful doing my ICU course, no matter how much effort I have to put in. Um, I want to do it. I want to be an ICU nurse and I want to be in your will. And I, do you know what, Lord? I do not want that prognosis. It doesn't suit my personality. My personality doesn't fit like that. I don't want it. That's what I want. I don't want that. I want to live for you. So, what the Lord showed me in the following days was that, firstly, there was about the enemy. You know, he's wandering around looking who he can take out, pull away, isolate. Well, he'd done a good job so far. And then I realised as well, as God showed it to me, that what the enemy specifically was aiming to do was to close my mouth. Because the energy was so low, I couldn't speak. Couldn't speak. What are our mouths for? for declaring the wonders of the Lord, for going out as some of you have and, and sharing the truth and the news about Jesus. Our mouths are vessels for him. They're weapons to speak life, to break down curses, to tear down strongholds when we open our mouth for the kingdom of God. And the enemy wanted me to be closed or wanted me to be silent. I, I know I'm, I probably have brought this passage before, but I have to bring it again because it's awesome. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm just going to read this to you um, from verse 13. Um, um, that doesn't make sense from there. It says on verse 12, uh, no, let's start from 11, sorry. For this commandment, which I command you today, isn't too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It isn't in heaven that you should say, who's going to ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. So we're talking about the word of God, that we may hear it and do it. Who's going to go and get that word for me? Who's going to go? I'm not hearing God. I need to go to lots of people. I need to have them all pray for me. I need to share my burden with everyone. Now, am I saying we should never have someone stand with us? Absolutely not. Am I saying that people shouldn't come and pray with us? No, 
No, there's absolutely is appropriate. But ultimately, in any situation, in your relationship with God, you need to hear him for yourself. My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. He wants you in your relationships with him to seek him out and hear for yourself. You're the one that's going to go and get that word. You. It's not, it, it isn't beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the words, oh, the precious words of the Lord is very near you. It is in your mouth so you can speak it. It is in your heart that you may do it. We are not passive hearers of the word. We are called to be doers of the word. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. The Lord gave me a choice. Now, if I'd have chosen the other way, would I have suddenly been rejected from the Lord and said, oh, right, you've lost your ticket into heaven. That's it. It's game over. I'm breaking relationship with you because you are doing it wrong. No. But I would not be living my best life for him. I would not be having his best for me. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God. When When we don't know what to do, what do we do? Love the Lord your God. That's easy. It is easy. You know, when we're struggling and full of self, then we think, oh, that's hard. I don't, I'm not feeling the love. It doesn't matter. It's a choice. Love the Lord your God to walk in his ways and keep his commandments. Walk in obedience. What is God saying to you today? What area of your life do you need to line up with his word? What area do you need to say, actually, Lord, I've not been listening I haven't done it quite right. It's time for a little bit of repentance. Did I repent in this journey? Of course I did. There was place for repentance. And actually saying, do you know what, Lord? I choose your way over my way. And it says, uh, you choose all this that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you. He will bless you. You will live. Lord, I take that life. I'm going to live and I'm, I'm going to multiply. Well, you know, if any of you know my family, we're very good at multiplying. <laughs> There's a lot of us and we're still growing. However, eternal fruit, eternal fruit, lasting fruit, life in all its fullness is what he wants to give all of us. So do you know what? It says, I'm just going to skip a little bit. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today. That's heavy. That I have set before you. How exciting. It's a choice. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. The words of God exhorts us to make a choice and choose life. Now, the very first time we chose life was when we first said yes to Jesus. 
but he wants us to choose life daily. Now, again, some of the stuff in Scripture seems quite heavy. Take up your cross and follow me. That's not a simple thing. But when you choose to do that, you're choosing life. You're choosing his best. And just to finish with my bit of the story before we move on to the final part of, of the word this morning, is uh, then I, um, I, a few days later, after whatever I said, <laughs> um, I said about the Lord always gives me a song. So right at the end, I'm going to explain what we're going to do, but we have a song, but not yet, but soon, <laughs> um, that we're going to play. Because God, I woke up and this song was playing in my head out the blue out the blue um, and, a, and hope rose in me faith began to rise in me and uh, I knew I had to sing this song I knew because I'm a worshipper but I, and I know it's powerful and I like you've given me this Lord I need to sing it because in sing, singing it I'm opening my mouth I'm declaring um so Gary had gone to take the dog for a walk and I'm like, I'm on my own. Now's my chance. I, I put the song on and I sang with all my heart. And I'm like, yes, I agree. As I'm singing in my spirit, I'm like, you know, yes, I'm singing this, agreeing with it. This, I am applying faith in the moment. I agree with these words and I am declaring them over my situation. And do you know what happened next? I was wiped out for two hours because I could not see the result of the healing, but faith arose and I knew my healing was coming, that my saviour was hearing me, that it was happening. And I had to rest. I think later on, I think it was the same day, I'd gone to my parents, me and Gary went to my parents for dinner. They only live around the corner. And we started to walk because I wanted to try and... Um, Within a few minutes of trying to walk, he had to leave me and go and get the car because I couldn't do it. Physically couldn't do it. Um, next day, I woke up uh, doing whatever, like to have a cup of coffee. And um, at some point during that day, all the symptoms were gone. Every single one. I was still tired, but what I had wasn't tiredness. I was really ill. It is all gone. The lot. And I'm like, sorry, this is, this is me being a bit too human and honest. I'm like, Lord, I think I'm healed. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I missed something really crucial out, by the way. So um, just stepping back a little bit, one of the other things, once God had spoken to me and I acknowledged, actually, that's not for me, doesn't suit me, my personality, I'll choose life, thank you very much. One of the things I started doing at that point, because I heard from the Lord, and you might have said, well, I would have done it straight away, I would just not have accepted any of that, but I wanted to know what God was saying, what was going on, I didn't really understand, I wanted to hear him. But once I heard him, I started laying hands on myself, even when I didn't feel it, you know, I didn't feel well, and I would, I wouldn't be praying over myself, I'll be declaring, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Symptoms go in Jesus' name. For several days, I did that at least once or twice a day. I didn't have a lot of energy for real prayer. I'll be honest with you, but I knew God was with me. Um, 
So anyway, in that moment of acknowledging, hang on a minute, Lord, I think I'm healed. I also knew in my spirit that I hadn't been the only one praying, that there had been several people. I knew it in my spirit that there had been prayer for me and breakthrough come. Praise the Lord. I was so happy, honestly, every morning for a few days. I, I, it was literally like, I've got some energy and I'm alive. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So suddenly the thank you, Jesus become, thank you, Jesus, to thank you, Jesus, like in my heart, like a, a, different, a different type of thank you. Um, yeah, okay. So there was, there was something else that, um, oh, that bit doesn't matter. Uh, we'll do this bit next. So um, a few days later, some lovely, uh, a lovely brother and, and sisters in the Lord, my mum being one of them, came to pray. And um, there were a, a lot of things were praised. But one thing that um, really I think is important to share with you, and I've always loved it in the scripture this the bit that I'm going to share not the bit they shared but that but the heart of it was basically your faith has made you whole so um my my son Daniel he um just gave me a dirty look because I mentioned his name (laughs) um he he said wouldn't something along the lines of wouldn't it be amazing if all your tests come back negative so uh I still had pending tests, but I was better. So one of them, I was, I was proud of myself. I have to share the little pride bit with you. Not wrong pride, just a little bit. Well, I had an endoscopy, you know, a camera down the throat. And I, like, I didn't have any sedation because they usually give you a little bit just to take the edge off it because it is quite unpleasant. And I didn't. And I regret it. <laughs> but I was like no I've got too much to do because my energy's back I'm now proper studying um I've got I've got things to do places to go people to see you know no I don't want to have the sedation because it makes you really uh, out of it for 24 hours like no don't want it um so I had had it I have to say all my life as it was happening I'll just share this with you briefly I was literally, I was gripping, you have to lay on your side. So I was like gripping my leg and inside, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why have I done this to myself? (laughs) So I don't recommend it. (laughs) But uh, everything's all good. That's just one of them. There was quite a few different things I've had. Everything, of course, everything's all good. So the only thing they did see with the um, endoscopy was a little, a little bit of a hiatus hernia. So my stomach's pushing up slightly. It's really common in women over 50. And it's also women co- really common with women who've, who have big babies, which I've had. And interestingly, um, up until having that, I was on regular uh, Meprazole. I've not needed any since. I have not. I mean, sometimes I still get a little mild gastric symptoms, but um, honestly, before I was like having to take the tablets all the time and it was really bad. I'm like, I really believe God is making me whole. Like, uh, there's literally all the horrid symptoms from that whatever was going on with me has gone. And then, and then even that, I'm like, this is like the, the cherry on the cake. 
<laughs> because my faith has made me whole. So why I'm not sharing that with you because I'm amazing, because I'm not. I'm sharing it with you because God's amazing and He can. And He can do it for you. Um, so I had my final uh, checkup from the GP last week. I'm also supposed to have another one in another two weeks, but uh, I had the catch up with the GP and um, she could see that I wasn't, I wasn't the same person. <laughs> and uh, I had a brief opportunity to say to her, because uh, she's like, what's happened? How come you're better? And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, prayed. <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> we prayed. I'm healed. I believe. And um, yeah, she just looked at me a little bit blankly and then swiftly moving on. But uh, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if you're going to write that down or you think I'm absolutely off my trolley, but this is the truth. And out of the end of it, she was like, well, I don't think you need that follow-up appointment further in, in December. You don't need it. We can cancel that. It's not necessary. She says, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that you're better, that all this has gone. And then she was like, I'm so sorry. We never got to the problem. We never got to the root of it. And I was like, and no, this is not me declaring like I don't believe God's fully healed me because I 100% do but I was like you know only time will tell but I've officially been signed off by the doctor and I am still this is a like a few weeks now I am still symptom free thank you Jesus okay so I we are about to finish because I've gone slightly over but um I just want to read to you from a little a little verse, actually in here, from Isaiah. And then we're going to play that song and we're going to finish. So it is Isaiah 57 and verse 14. I mean, I'll be honest, I just love it in the New King James. So I'm going to read it from that anyway. Uh, 7.14 and it says and one shall say heap it up heap it up so apparently I think they were building a road so it really means like build up and build the road I might be wrong but that's what I think it means um, but it's the next bit it says take the stumbling block out of the way of my people take the stumbling block out of the way so sometimes it's the enemy sometimes it's life Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's other people. But stumbling blocks get put in the way of us fully living for him. And I do believe that sometimes we're a bit oblivious to it because life just happens. And there's many people in this room where there are stumbling blocks. Now, the stumbling blocks might look like different things to different people. So, yeah, for me, that stumbling block was this sudden debilitating illness that God has completely healed me from. But it might not be that for you. It might be that you are right now feeling really depressed. It might be that you've had a loss and you're grieving. It's okay to grieve, by the way, not a problem. But you grieve in the presence of the Lord. You don't grieve and pull away from God. Um, it might be relationship problems. It might be a struggle in your marriage or with, your, with children or siblings, whatever, in the workplace, it could be, it, it, 
That stumbling block will be anything that is distracting you and taking your focus off the Lord. So we're going to play a song. And what I want you to do, if you know it, you can sing it and declare it. And if you don't know it, pay attention to the words. But I want you to choose to bring that stumbling block to the Lord and believe for a miracle. If you're physically sick, I know for a fact that God can heal you. Trust him, believe him, believe his words. He wants you whole, he wants you healed. So whatever it is, maybe it's finances, whatever it is, bring that stumbling block to the Lord. Maybe everything's fab right now. You have no stumbling block. You're already sorted. Humble yourself and listen to the Lord because he might show you something you've not thought of. And if you still have nothing, then you should be interceding for someone else. And you stand in faith for that person that you know, whoever God lays on your heart. So if we can have that song up and if you could all stand to your feet. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the God of the impossible. Thank you, Lord, that you are our healer, that you are our deliverer. Lord, that you are the one that saves us and redeems us. Lord, and thank you, Lord, that you are the faithful one who walks with us through and out into victory. And I just declare victory over each person in this room, the victory of Jesus in your life, through your life, over your life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.